0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Kickstart your adventure now with a new good Golf Cart from Country Carts of Brookhaven. good Golf Carts are assembled right here in Mississippi with the best features around. And best of all, they're street legal. Country Carts of Brookhaven, 401 Highway 51 South, phone 601-748-0454. morning everybody back again on this Monday, this super regional Monday at least for Mississippi State and not so much for Old Miss. They got dominated last night and their season has come to a close. I'm Michael Borkey. Welcome in uh, to the live stream. If you are watching this morning, good to see you. If you're listening in podcast form, there's more of you than there was a few weeks ago. So thank you for that. And if you're just uh, joining me for the first time, you can get this everywhere I can think of, except for Twitch. I don't know if there's an audience for that just yet. But um, YouTube, Michael Borky on YouTube, hit that subscribe button if, uh, if you're a YouTube watcher. Also, obviously, on Periscope and Facebook Live. Uh, just follow me on Twitter or Facebook, and you can do it there. Upload it in podcast form after the show is over, wherever you get your podcasts. Mike in the Morning or My Name Should Turn Up Results and leave a rating and a review, I would very much appreciate it if you did one of those two things. I am running on fumes this morning, guys. That um, The whole let's start games at 9 o'clock central thing is uh, has caught up to me. I mean, l- like I've been saying all week, at least Mississippi State is normal times, but ha- having to watch both as I do, and then I have to do a, a post-game report recording deal after Old Miss games as well, um, I'm running on fumes. <laughs> I am tired today because, and it's completely my fault, right? Like, I have a son. We chose to have one. Therefore, anything that happens is, you know, kind of my fault. But the whole being up till 1, 2 o'clock in the morning reporting, recording podcasts and a little guy waking up at 6 a.m. regardless uh, has caught up to me. I am exhausted today. And uh, running on fumes, but going to try to bring some energy with you this morning and talk a lot of baseball. So glad that you guys are with me. I also went on a run this morning, going to the beach this weekend, trying to get my bod in shape, you know, get my beach bod ready. Um, hasn't helped much, but I'm trying. Uh, it's uh, it's all It's all because I eat like crap. But I exercise now, and it changes literally nothing about the way I look. But that's okay. I mean, I'm married, right? She's stuck with me, regardless of how I look, so. I guess that uh I guess that's okay, so anyway, all right, we're going to talk about of course old miss and uh, and Mississippi states' uh, losses yesterday states game tonight and uh and here we go. Zach gets us started. he says, close win game one, blowout loss to force a game three. told you I was ready for cardiac dogs this weekend and uh, J. p. good morning to you, sir. Glad that you are with me. um where should I start? I think I should start with Ole Miss since they've been eliminated, and since Mississippi State does play tonight, this will get rendered obsolete here soon. So I think that's where I'll start is, uh, is with Ole Miss's loss last night. Um, season comes to an end, and, I mean, there are really two ways. To, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago going into the postseason. Um, you, you can have two thoughts about Ole Miss baseball, They're contradictory thoughts, and yet you can have them at the same time. Um, Honestly, this season took a good coaching job. Getting to game three of a Super Regional for Mike Bianco took a good coaching job. I don't think there's any other way to spin that, unless you're just intentionally being negative for the sake of it. To get to where they did this year with this team and what they were up against, it required a good coaching job to do it you lost a top 10 pick on the mound who if he does not get injured um, the complexion of this past weekend totally changes if he's on the mound he wasn't and injuries are part of the game but still uh, to overcome losing a top 10 pick on the mound and then losing for a month your best player because he tore his ACL and then having to play him on a torn ACL which really changed a lot of of what you can do as a team I mean Uh, With all due respect, it it forced somebody to play first base and have a bat in the lineup that probably shouldn't have had one, and it changed the complexion of your team. Their best player was on one ACL, and there aren't many teams in the country that could overcome losing their best pitcher, well, second best pitcher, but a top 10 pick on the mound, their Friday night ace, and their best player tearing an ACL, and get to where they did. That requires a good coaching job. There's no other way to spin it. That requires a good coaching job. It, it absolutely does. But their season ended in embarrassing fashion. They were not competitive last night. Uh, they weren't competitive on Friday night offensively, and they've been slumping for a few weeks now. But uh, offense really, really struggled. You know, Starting in Athens in the final series of the year, Going to Hoover, offense wasn't good there. Last weekend, I mean, if a Florida State player, and ifs mean nothing in sports because what happened, but if a Florida State shortstop just reads a scouting report and doesn't rush a throw on the guy that's running on one ACL, well Miss probably didn't get out of the regional last weekend. But they did, and here they were in a Game 3 that ended pretty terribly. It's another postseason failure, if you want to call it that. They've been blown out in Game 3s of Super Regionals the last two times they've been there. Ole Miss has won, in 20 years, one Super Regional. Uh, Ole Miss has hosted 10 times and been to Omaha once. Ole Miss is, what, what is it, 7-14? 7-13 in Super Regional games uh, under Mike Bianco. It is a program that... This year encapsulates what it is, incredibly stable, filled with talented players, has an engaged fan base that will fill up the stadium basically every weekend. They love their baseball and they show up for it. Sold out season tickets again. They have a very beautiful stadium. And I know Mississippi State fans think it's a dump. Guys, it's not a dump just because it's not 70 million dollars like yours does not make it a dump. It's one of the nicest college baseball facilities in America. So you have a beautiful facility, great fan support, very good, solid, stable teams that win baseball games every single year and have one trip to Omaha in two decades to show for it. And this is another example of that. If you look at this season in a vacuum, it's not fair to say, well, Bianco failure because I think this season was a coaching job, but this is another year among two decades worth of years with the exception of one where Ole Miss's season ended, not in Omaha. And fans are kind of fed up. And we had this conversation on the radio earlier in the season, and it got kind of heated, but I was was kind of speaking – the, the fans' perspective, and it wasn't received well, but it's the truth. Fans are fed up. They see other programs in the state and otherwise who have had more success in these kind of moments. Um, stale is a really good word to use. People are frustrated because, I mean, let's be honest, everybody. Let's be honest here. You knew what was going to happen in Tucson, right? You kind of you kind of knew what was going to happen yesterday in the back of your mind this result isn't really surprising cuz it happened 2 years ago in an identical way. Completely non-competitive in a game 3 in a super regional. It's not fair, but it's reality. And when you've got 2 decades of sample size, no of course you're going to have fans that aren't Satisfied with just being a good regular season team anymore? I don't think that's unfair. I don't think that's unrealistic. I think it's fine Um, for for Ole Miss fans to be frustrated with what they've seen because others around them are having more success in the postseason than them. Why is that? It's a fair question, and I'm like I said a few weeks ago when we talked about this. I am not going to talk down to fans that are frustrated with the lack of postseason success in their program because it is a glaring mark on a very good resume. It's a very good resume. It's like if you've ever been in in a situation where you're hiring somebody and you're going through the resume and everything looks good and um, you know, you're scrolling through and they've got a great education and a master's degree and been working in the field for 10 years, but you run a background check and there's just something not right. It doesn't end that person's candidacy for the job, but it makes you question if they have what it takes to do it. Whether it be, I don't know, like a DUI or something. There's just something on an otherwise pretty impeccable resume that stops you from thinking that it's as good as it could be. It's kind of how I feel here. Everything for Ole Miss baseball is really good, and it's a direct result of Mike Bianco. The stadium looking the way it does is because of him. The expectations that fans have of for the program is because of him that's just that's the truth he built a stable consistent winner that brings in good players that wins games that hosts regionals that puts players in the pros and cannot and does not get to omaha all of those things can absolutely be true at once i am not going to Um, try to convince you guys not to feel that way, because you should. What's the point of investing all this money and resources and time and effort and energy into a program when you're going to be okay with results that are not as good as other people? What's the point? Why'd you just build a new player development center? You know, why would you do that if you're going to be okay with results that are not as good as other people in the SEC, a lot of other people in the SEC, Maybe it's not fair to judge on only Omaha appearances. And like I said earlier, this season in a vacuum took a good coaching job to get there. It's just a very layered and nuanced situation that is really really difficult to grasp when you're talking to yourself like I am right now. But I think all those things can be true at once. You can respect the job that's been done. You can think everything you have is a direct result of your coach's existence—you can—I mean—that th- is true. You can't argue against that; it's true. But you can also think a program that has been elevated to this point should have more success in the postseason. That should be the case. They should have more success. They should be better than one and eight in super regionals. They should be better than that. They're not. Why is that? It's a fair question. It's a fair frustration. And I am certainly okay with the frustration. It makes sense. There is a staleness because it was predictable. I had a, I was talking to a friend. I'm talking in the middle of the season. And he said to me, he's like, you know how this is going to end. So they're not going to Omaha. They're, you know how it's going to end. I was like, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, this was before Hoagland got hurt. But I was like, I don't know, man. I mean, they've got, you know, good offense. They pitch it well. They can do it. He's like, no, watch. You you know what's going to happen. He's not alone in that thinking. And look at what happened. It's tough. It is. uh, It's tough. So... uh, I'm going to get to Mississippi State in a second. Do I start Landon Sims today, though? No, I, I don't, but I am not afraid to go to him very quickly. Not afraid to go to him fast. So would I start him? No, I wouldn't. Because, I mean, I think Harding showed you last week that, I mean, that's who I would give the ball to. And I don't know the team the same way Chris Limones does. But he showed you last week that he can give you a quality start. And so that's where I would go. But if, if Chris Limones does start Landon Sims today, I'd, I'd support it and think it's a good move and and would defend it, even if it doesn't work. Um, If that's the direction he goes, I think that's fine, and I would support it. Um, I wouldn't, in this particular case, because you have Harding, which I think is a good option. Ole Miss last night didn't have any good options, and I, I went back and forth with people on Twitter about it last night. Starting Broadway, just because it didn't work, didn't make it a bad decision. Your other two options were a freshman that started two games in his life and, by the way, got shelled last night two games in his college life I should say got shelled last night when he came in or a sophomore that started 13 games for you and has given up 30 runs in the last seven appearances including Southern Miss just absolutely lighting him up last weekend there weren't any better options and the, the hindsight thing frustrates me because it was the right move it just didn't work and the other options I promise you were not any better than the one they they went to last night like I said freshman who's made two starts in his collegiate career who got lit up last night or sophomore who's gotten lit up by basically everybody lately and Southern Miss last weekend you you can you can blame the coach for having to be in this situation but it was a, a decision that was sound in logic and reasoning when it was made just because it didn't work doesn't mean it was a bad decision and the same logic to me applies to Chris Lamontis today if he chooses to go to Landon Sims i it's a justifiable decision it's sound in logic and if it doesn't work it's not because it was a bad decision i do think though he has better options um than what Bianco had last night i would give the ball to Harding that's just me um I've got some thoughts on on that in particular coming up here in a second. I do want to get past this uh, this Ole Miss conversation though. Devin says this season every series Ole Miss played the team who won the who won game one won the series. Um, game three was uh, an Achilles heel for Ole Miss this year, and in, if if Gunnar Hogan is healthy, the dynamic of this weekend is different. But but he wasn't, and here they are. JP says, the grass is not always greener. If Gunner is healthy, we're probably talking about state needing to tighten up, handle business today, and join the Rebs in Omaha. Is that an indictment to put Bianco's job performance under review? Again, I ask. What coach out there makes things fresh again? I mean, and that's, that's a really good question. I am uh, – you, you may disagree with me on this. Um, I think that you don't make decisions based on fear that it could be worse. And Ole Miss is not firing Mike Bianco. It's not happening. So it, it, that's a moot point. It's not going to happen, and they shouldn't. They should not. Keith Carter should not fire Mike Bianco. He should not do it. He will not do it. It's not going to happen. So um, that that's a, a conversation that you know, yeah, we don't need to have. And I, and I don't think you were insinuating that, JP. I, I think it's it's definitely not going to happen, and it shouldn't. He may not extend his contract. I would support that. Firing him would be silly. Uh, That just wouldn't make any sense at all. Wouldn't make any sense at all. Um, I think more of the question is, if LSU offers, do you fight LSU? I talked to you guys on Friday about it. I don't know if if things change. uh, Things have changed since Friday. I don't know. I haven't heard any talk on the LSU front. Everybody involved was playing games this weekend. I expect some movement today just because – the two candidates that you thought existed, Cliff Godwin and Mike Bianco, there may be more. I mean, there, there may be more. That may have changed since Friday. But the two candidates that we knew about on Friday were both playing this weekend. They're both eliminated. You might see some movement uh, today. That's the bigger question. If LSU offers, do you fight? And I told you on Friday, I think, I think that Ole Miss will not. That's just what I think. I don't know for sure. I don't know. I could be dead wrong. Keith Carter could be watching this and laughing at how stupid I am. But I don't believe that if LSU comes with a, a strong-ass offer, because that's what they do around there, um, I don't know if Ole Miss will fight. I could be wrong. I, just, I don't think that they will do that. I think they are very comfortable with the compensation. They are comfortable with where they are in terms of paying a head coach, it's a top 10 salary and they're not getting top 10 results right now. It's really that simple. So no, uh, his, he's not getting fired. Um, not at all. But I, I don't think that you should make decisions or, or have opinions on that kind of thing based on, well, it could be worse. Look at South Carolina. Look at South Carolina. It got worse. They were on top of the baseball world. Their head coach moves on to become athletic director. It got worse. They still haven't recovered and come out of it yet. It's a good program. It's a good fan base. Nice facility. A state that produces talent. They've got a little bit of help on the scholarship side. They can't figure it out. The grass is not always greener. It could possibly be worse. But I would much rather have people in leadership positions. If I were you, and I know, JP, you're not an Ole Miss fan, but if you're an Ole Miss fan listening, I would rather have my university leadership make decisions with the effort of achieving the highest goal, which is going to Omaha and winning a championship once you get there. I would rather have them make decisions – to do that instead of keeping the status quo when you know that that's not something that has happened. The grass isn't always greener. It could be worse, but it could be better. It could be. It's not. You have the resources. You have the facilities. You have the financial commitment. You have the fans. You don't have scholarship help. That's the the one hang-up. But Mike Bieko has proven that you can get talent that can win championships at Ole Miss. It can be done. So why doesn't it happen? And, again, I don't think you fire him this year because that would be stupid. It would be really stupid if you fire him after this. Really, really, really dumb. It's not going to happen. Keith Carter's not dumb. It's not going to happen. But you don't just keep a guy because it could possibly get worse. If you think, if you know it could be better, that's how you operate. And if it's not getting to that point, you make changes. Or else, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? Why are you wasting everybody's time if you're not trying to compete at the highest level? And people in leadership at Old Miss in the past didn't think it was achievable. That's that, That's the truth. There, There have been coaches. Mike Bianco is not one of them. There have been coaches. There have been administrators. There have been athletic directors at Ole Miss that did not think that you could win at the highest level there. And you could probably say, well, they're right. Maybe that's the case. I think that's a bad mentality. I think that's wrong. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt right now that that is not the case. That. Keith Carter's proven it to you guys already that he is not going to be satisfied with not competing for championships in any sport. Because if you're not, what the hell are you doing? Why are you wasting your time and money on something that you're not trying to compete at the highest level for? I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, without a doubt, 100% that Keith Carter has that mentality about baseball, football, basketball, and every sport on that campus. If we're not competing for championships, I'm talking in, from his perspective, if we're not competing for championships, why not? And what can I do to fix it? That's his mentality without a doubt. Um, interesting times coming up. And that's why I'm spending so much time on it this morning because I mean, now all sites are set on Baton Rouge. What does LSU do? Do they still pursue Mike Bianco? And what does Ole Miss do if they do? It's possible it, with, with how stale – Things seem to be, it's possible that a clean break is best for everybody. It's possible. Um, But you're certainly not, you are not making the moving on decision. That's for sure. That would be crazy. It would just be crazy. But Sid says, I like Mike, but every year there is this if. You either either run to remain steady or you try to be the best. I agree. You... You have built a solid, stable foundation that you can build championships off of. Maybe it's going to take somebody else to get there. Maybe. And, and all this seems so silly considering what just happened. It took a good, good coaching job to get to where they were this season. It's a weird conversation. It's, it depends on how you want to look at it. Do you want to look at what happened this past season or do you want to look at the 20-year sample size? You, I think you got to look at both because both can be true at once. So um, it can definitely be worse for sure. It can also be better. In Starkville today, though, Mississippi State's got a chance to go to Omaha again. Um, well, one more question, actually, on this thing. John says, how much has state success influenced the Ole Miss fan base view of Bianco? Um, I don't think that's the the main sticking point, but it certainly is a point of contention. and And I think th- there's good reason for it, because not from a rivalry perspective so much. I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't think it's well, state's winning, so we have to win. It's more of like, state's winning, so why the hell aren't we, speaking from that perspective? If, if Mississippi State's winning, why is Ole Miss not? If Mississippi State's going to Omaha, why is Ole Miss not? And I know state fans could will make the argument that the program is better, but it's it's on a very – I mean, you're in the same state with the same scholarship situation, and yes, Mississippi State built a beautiful, amazing – ballpark the best in college baseball but it's not like Ole Miss is lacking in facilities like the facilities are comparable the state is the same you're in the same division same player pool then why is Mississippi State more successful than Ole Miss in the postseason why is that and I think that I think you're right that that is definitely causing some of this reaction if Mississippi State was producing the exact same results as Ole Miss it wouldn't be as loud not even close to being as loud. And I, I could be wrong on the Genesis. I think it's more about they're in the same state in the same division. Why are they winning and Ole Miss not? As opposed to, well, the rival is winning, so we have to win because the rival is. I think it's more of like, wait, they're doing it. Arkansas is doing it. LSU's doing it. LSU forced out a coach that won a national championship. I mean, look at Paul Maneri's record. They forced that guy out. They forced that guy out. Um, It's a sticking point, for sure. Uh, Parker's asking if, uh, if Ole Miss would rather keep Bianco or have him end up at LSU, do you think a fresh start for Ole Miss would be a good thing? Um, I can certainly make the argument that a fresh start would would be a good thing. I can't. Um, and if what I've heard, or what I heard last week is accurate, uh, it doesn't even matter if that is. If LSU makes a run at Mike Bianco, and they offer more money, and Ole Miss does not fight it, I think that's the right decision. I think that that I think that's the right decision. If LSU comes and offers, and it's more money, and, and Ole Miss chooses not to get into a bidding war, I think that would be the right decision. I don't know if that answers uh, your question or not, but that's, that's how I feel. <laughs> Sacks says, quote, Mississippi State built it in a cave with a box of scrap. <laughs> that place is incredible, man. Uh, although the, the views from the press box, uh, they put that up on the second row. He can't see the field. What the hell's up with that? But otherwise, um, place is special place is special um talking about mississippi state today so they got smoked yesterday by notre dame in game two um it's what i talked about on the sunday show some is i mean you've heard often that mississippi state has a 1a and 1b ace on the mound mcleod and bedner is as good as anybody in the country and um the results don't exactly bear that out they're very good don't get me wrong they're certainly not bad that's not what i'm saying but when you say they have one A, one B, an ace as good as anybody in the country, well, you're comparing these guys to look, look at the arms you have in the SEC. I mean, look at what Doug Nickasey did to the best offense in America. Look at what Rocker and Lighter did to a really good ECU team. There is a um, there is a drop off between the best arms in the SEC and those two, at least from a production standpoint. I mean, I mean, the proof is is there. They've had good outings because they're good pitchers. But lately, they've struggled a little bit. And I talked on the Sunday show. Some I said, you need to get a, a more efficient outing than you've gotten lately uh, from McLeod. And Mississippi State didn't get that yesterday. Uh, Notre Dame's are really I mean, they're a really good baseball team, guys. I mean, they're good. They can hit, and they're confident and deep. Uh, McLeod struck out seven but gave up seven runs. Six of those earned. Walked a couple. Only five complete on 85 pitches. Uh, Smith gave up a couple of runs himself the Brandon variety and Cade Smith came in after and and slammed the door. But um, that happens. It's baseball. I mean, Mississippi state won a a slug fest where they, they didn't get a quality start really from Bedner. And again, that's kind of been the theme lately. They're having to overcome not getting the best starts. And they did that on Saturday afternoon because that's what Mississippi state does. They got down seven to three, Notre Dame kept the door open Mississippi state, just like the Kool-Aid man, just, pounded their way right through it, mashed the baseball, won an awesome game on Saturday. Yesterday, the, the bats didn't come, and that's what happens. Today is such a fascinating day um, because we're about to find out if they can overcome their Achilles heel. We're about to find out. Um, I think they can. I mean, I, I've talked to you guys so much about the, the culture of, and the mindset and the mentality in that dugout that I admire so much. And you saw it on Saturday. Mississippi State was down 7-3. to 7-3 to three and they won a baseball game. And you just kind of shrug your shoulders at stuff like that. So, yeah, whatever. I mean, State won. It's what they do. They were down big and they came back because that's what they do. If they have a strike left, they believe they're going to win a game. They don't win every game, of course. But that team with their backs against the wall – Plays really well. And today they've got their backs against the wall. Um, They got smoke yesterday, and and now they enter a situation that they're really not set up well for. I I think the ball should go to Harding. I I think that there's a chance that he has a really special day. He showed you last week that he can do it. Um, But this has been the team's Achilles heel. Who starts on Sunday, even though it's Monday? What do they do on the mound? Can they overcome this Achilles heel that they've had all year. I think they can. I expect them to win the game today and you're going to you're gonna see you're gonna see if the Trojans can overcome uh, oh I forget his name was it Paris that shot Achilles in the heel that that downed him when the Trojans or excuse me when the Greeks invaded Troy? I don't remember I don't, I, it was like high school mythology either way. We're going to find out if Mississippi State today can overcome the one thing that I thought has been holding them back from being a national championship team, and that's game three pitching. And luckily, Landon Sims, I mean, he's he's available. How many pitches did he throw on Saturday? I'm about to pull that up. How many pitches did he throw on Saturday? Um, I should have had this up already. Forgive me, guys. This is kind of embarrassing. Um. Let's see. 29 pitches. He threw 29 pitches on, um, on Saturday. Chris Limonis hasn't really stretched him this year, so I wonder how much they have available or, or how much of him that they're willing to go. You would hope that he could give you three, four innings. I mean, but he he hasn't done that this season. He hasn't been asked to do that, really. Um, But we're going to see if this team, with their backs against the wall, like they've done time and time again, like the program lately has done time and time again, can they get up off the mat and fight and win, which is, again, what they've done so often. Um, That's, yeah, Parker, that's what they do. I mean, it's it's their brand. It, It is what they do. It's what they do. I'm correct. It was Paris. Yeah, I, I'm right. It was Paris that uh, that shot Achilles. I love that movie. Uh, what a cast in that movie looking back on it. Um, it's crazy. Anyway, um, Parker says, "Is a state fan, even if they win today, I don't think they have the starting pitching to win a natty. Not that they're bad. I just think they're a little too inconsistent. I agree. And, I mean, uh, of course you want to win a national championship. Of course you do. But if I told you in February this team is going to make it to Omaha but not win a championship, you would have been like, yep, sign me up, please. Yeah, I would love to go to Omaha again. I mean, of course. Uh, but I agree with you. I think that um, they're going to see teams in Omaha that have better starters, and that would come back to bite. That, that would be the one thing that would hold them back from winning a championship. It's the inconsistency from a cloud and Bender, and not knowing what you would do in a game three that would prevent them from winning a championship. They can win today and still make it to Omaha, which you know you can slap a number 12 instead of 11 on the outfield wall, and that's the, the college baseball destination. Making it to Omaha is exclusively a great thing. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a great thing. Even if Even if you go 0-2 in Omaha, you got there, which is the goal. It's the goal. Every college baseball practice facility – or dugout or whatever has Omaha somewhere on it. That's the goal. Um, so anyway, John's asking if you start him. Um, so we saw it happen yesterday twice, right? With the team's best pitcher available. And obviously for Mississippi state, it's Landon Sims. He's our best pitcher in general. I mean, he obviously he's their best pitcher. Um, There's no sense to me in bringing in a closer in a game you're already losing. So with cops and Broadway last night, honestly, it worked for Arkansas. It worked. Starting cops worked yesterday. The problem was Dave Van Horn left him in too long. He got punished for it. And now Arkansas is sitting at home the best team in America sitting at home because Van Horn left cops in too long, but that worked. That decision was the right one. It worked Ole Miss last night. It didn't work, but I think it was the right decision because when your options are limited, when you don't know who you have available, why are you going to save your best bullet for a appearance in a game that you are possibly already losing? Why not try to get started with a bunch of zeros on the board, and maybe your offense can get you a lead and you hang on for dear life and win the game late. It's possible, um, and it's sound and logic and reasoning if that's the decision Chris Limonis makes today. I do think, though, that Mississippi State has a better option than Arkansas did and has a better option than Ole Miss did yesterday, and it would be Harding. But if I were Chris Limonis, it would be a very quick hook I would start Harding and have Sims already in the bullpen, kind of getting loose and doing the stretching and stuff. And if things go south for Harding quickly, you yank him, and you just put Sims out there for as many innings as he can give you to, to allow your offense to get yourself a lead and just try to hang on. Arkansas didn't have any better options yesterday, and the decision was the right one, and it worked. almost didn't have any better options yesterday. I think the decision was the correct one. It just didn't work. I am fascinated to see what Chris Limonis does today. Yeah, Parker, you're right. If only Sarantola was what he was supposed to be. If only. Um, you'd feel really good about today. You still should feel good about today. I mean, it's not like Notre Dame's going to throw some, you know, high-level starter at you today, too. I mean, it, it's not like they've just got a you know, a golden arrow in their quiver to shoot at you today. So Sid's asking if Dave Van Horn left Cops in too long or did Arkansas just not get the hits? And I think it's both. I mean, you, you can't score two runs and expect to win a super regional game three. I mean, I mean, come on. Um, I do think though that somebody else should have seen was it the ninth? whenever that home run was hit i think it was the i mean he was at 115 pitches a day after he threw 30 people need to start talking about van horn's management of him by the way um but no i mean you're not going to win a super regional game only scoring 2 runs just like Ole miss last night i mean it didn't matter if if you think broadway starting was the dumbest thing on earth if they're not going to score any runs Against that offense, why does it matter? I mean, it doesn't. So I'm with you. Um, Thomas says, Arkansas let cops down by only scoring two runs against NC State's third guy. You're exactly right. I mean, uh, tomato, tomato. Or I, I guess it's one of those situations that I love where both things can be true at once. Van Horn left him in too long. And also the offense really let them down. See, Zach, I'm with you. It feels like a situation where you could benefit from using an opener before the starter. I mean, if Landon Sims comes in in a game, you're down five to nothing, then what's the point? You're going to have to score six runs. That's kind of how I felt about the Broadway decision yesterday. So big, big day for Mississippi State. Obviously, one win away from Omaha. I'm, I'm really, really excited uh, to, to watch this game tonight. Hope they win. Uh, even though I'm going to the beach this weekend, how stupid is that? Not stupid that I'm going to the beach, but, I mean, there was a chance, obviously, that we'd had two teams in Omaha. But, I mean, Mississippi State goes to Omaha, and I go on vacation. How, how dumb am I? But um, I hope they make it, and I, I hope they beat Notre Dame today, of course. And um, Parker says no, no point, and he hasn't pitched well in low-pressure situations this year. I don't know why that just disappeared on me. There it is. That was weird. Um, My power was doing that yesterday, too. It was just like things were getting dim and then would get back bright, but it wouldn't go out. It was bizarre. I pay my bills, by the way. I pay my bills. (laughs) Uh, Scroll up, JP says. Shout out to NC State. That's the bracket that would have been the Hattiesburg Regional had the Eagles found a way to win one more somewhere in lower Alabama. Phillip Rivers is planning his trip for a – Trip for twelve to Omaha. He's got to got to load up the bus to get all his kids there. And he says to those fans who wanted to go on the road versus uh, host and be paired with Arkansas, you're still idiots. Yes, they are. Yes, uh, yes, they are. Um, that was awesome yesterday. And uh, see, I, I tend to like Dave Van Horn. I, I think he's he's obviously a very good coach. I, I think his teams are fun to watch. Um. Their fans, and the way they act online, make me hate them. It just, the, the lack of fun, and by the way, Zach, here it is, hold on. Uh, there it is. This is a, a gift from Brian Haydad, when, uh, when my son was born, because he said that you cannot buy yourself a cowbell. And I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not buying myself a cowbell. I work in media. I'm not supposed to do stuff like that. And also, I did not attend Mississippi State, but that's OK. Uh, hey, Dad gave me this. And uh, I thought it was really cool. And. Um, he he obviously the, the best part was like it. I don't understand the, the cowbell thing, right? I, I don't have the emotional attachment to Mississippi State like like you guys do. Because, uh, you know, I didn't go to school there and I'm not I'm not from the state, but you could tell that it was like it was meaningful to him. And I thought that was really cool. Um, so I've got it right up here uh, on my shelf in my office and uh, it's not not going anywhere. Um, it was really cool. So I appreciated that. And yes, there's your cowbell uh, in my office. There's uh there's no Ole Miss memorabilia on this shelf. But there is a Mississippi State thing. Thank you to Hey Dad uh, for that. So I hope State wins today. I really do. And uh, I'll be watching as all of you are and back tomorrow morning to talk about the game and what else could possibly come up. There is uh, an interesting coaching search going on in Baton Rouge. So we'll see if anything changes between now and then. So thank you guys so much for, uh, for tuning in. And I appreciate you. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel or the podcast. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, I'll see you again tomorrow morning. Y'all have a good one. I'm leave my down on this killing floor. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.